0: Well, let's get into the sharing of the word this morning and uh, it is an honor and a joy to share the word of the Lord and uh, if you have your Bible or your device with your Bible program open, say this after me, this is God's word, God said it, I believe it and that settles it in Jesus' name. The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is In Covenant with God, In Covenant with God, and I'm trusting that the Lord would work and uh, prepare your hearts for this Word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the Word of God is powerful. It is alive, sharper than any double-edged sword, and we just come into agreement with agreement with that scripture, and we declare that your word will go forth and accomplish everything that you have purposed for it to accomplish. We do open up our hearts, we open up our lives, and we thank you for your word this morning in Jesus' name, amen. And so folks, I am praying that this message today will bring strength to the people of God. And that it would also bring great reassurance to the people of God. And there is so much chaos and upheaval in our world today. I mean, we see it all around about us. There is so much confusion. There is so much uncertainty in the world today. But God. But God. But God. And so we need to hold. You and I, as children of God, we need to hold steadfastly onto the Lord at this point in time, because He is our firm foundation. Our lives are no longer on shifting sand or sinking sand. God is our foundation. Do you see Him as your foundation during this time of turbulence in our world? And so even though the mountains may shake and tremble, the good news is that God's hand will not be removed from us because we are His children and we are in covenant with God, which is my title this morning. So four things that I'd like to share with you under this topic, in covenant with God. And uh, number one, understanding and appreciating covenant understanding and appreciating covenant. And there's a sense in my heart that perhaps covenant, excuse me, is not all that well understood in today's modern world. We understand contracts and things like that. But covenant is not a very modern thing that's spoken about a lot these days. And firstly, what is a covenant? It is a solemn covenant binding agreement between two parties in which they promise to do something or not do something. And it is considered immoral to break a covenant. It is a betrayal of trust. And so it is altogether different from a contract. A contract has conditions and penalties. And if you break the conditions, you pay the penalties, and it's kind of not the end of the world, if I can put it that way. Yes, we should honor our contracts, but covenant is in an altogether different league. It is a solemn, binding agreement between two people. Now, there are a number of covenants in the Bible, seven to be specific, And allow me to just touch on a few of them because I believe it helps us to get a sense of covenants and how God sees biblical covenants. And so one of them is the Adamic covenant. And this covenant was made between God and Adam and Eve. And as such, Adam and Eve, they were representing mankind. It is found in the first three chapters of Genesis, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And you say, well, what is this covenant, the Adamic covenant, all about? What does it involve? It involves man's responsibility over creation. Remember, God said, you need to look after this and that and the next thing. It also involves God's instructions regarding the tree. He said, you can eat of all of those trees, but not that one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Also, God's uh, covenant with Adam and Eve, the Adamic covenant, includes curses that were pronounced for sin, as well as God's promised solution to the sin problem. And I love the fact that right at the beginning, When the sin problem came into the world, immediately God began to promise that yes, uh, he may strike your your heel, but you will crush his head. And uh, God, from the beginning, foretold that there would be a restoration. So that's the Adamic covenant. Another one which is quite well known in the Bible is the Noahic covenant. This covenant was between God and Noah. And it is found in Genesis 9, which is just after the flood had taken place, the waters had receded, uh, Noah had just made an offering to God, and that's where it takes place. And this Noah covenant includes some of the following. It includes God's promise to Noah and his descendants that he would never again destroy the earth With a worldwide flood to deal with wickedness. And this promise was based entirely upon the faithfulness of God. Also, part of this Noahic covenant was that God then gave this beautiful sign. He gave the sign of a rainbow, and this was a sign and a symbol of the covenant promise. How many of you love it when you see a rainbow? Come on, you love it when you see a rainbow. And uh, 10 to 1, you take out your phone and you take a photo of it. Uh, Just about a week or 10 days ago, Mandri and I were in the Eastern Cape and we saw this beautiful rainbow over the sea. And what do you do? You make a fuss about it. It's beautiful. You take photos because it's so special to see that. But may I remind you that the rainbow is a biblical symbol. Can I say that loud and clear? The rainbow is a biblical symbol. It is something that is ours. It is our symbol. It does not belong to some or other social movement, but it belongs to the people of God. Can I get an amen? It is our symbol, and we claim it, and we take hold of it as ours. It's God's sign. He put it in the sky, and we celebrate that. And just by the way, whenever you see a rainbow in the sky, what should you be reminded of? Well, I believe you should be reminded of, number one, that God is faithful. You should also be reminded that God will never again destroy the world with uh, the earth with a worldwide flood. But also, we should be reminded when we see a rainbow that God will not leave sin unpunished Forever, wow. And so the rainbow is this symbol of uh, the new covenant that God put into place. Now, I've mentioned the Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant. There are also other covenants, like the Abrahamic covenant. There's the Mosaic covenant, which was made between God and Moses and the people that he had brought out of the promised land. There's the Davidic covenant, that was made with David, and of course, there is the new covenant, which I'll say more about in a moment's time. And do you know that some covenants specifically include the shedding of blood when they are formed? For example, you might have heard of this concept of blood brothers, and what would happen in a situation like that is that there would be two people that come together and they pledge their loyalty to one another, and then there is a mingling of blood to show how solemn and special this is. In a blood brother's covenant, what would often happen, they would uh, take a knife and cut a little slit In the palm of their hand, the other person would do the same and then they would shake hands and they would mingle blood. And it was an indication in ancient times that they were blood brothers and they had come into a blood covenant together. I also think of when a husband and wife come together for the first time having kept themselves pure There is something special that is broken within the wife, within the woman. And then blood is shed, and right there, the covenant of marriage is sealed. And so that is God's plan. But it just shows you that God sees marriage as a covenant. I believe in our world today, we do not place a significant priority on marriage, We see it as maybe something, well, if it's not going that great, well, we can pull out of. Not in God's eyes. In God's eyes, it is a covenant. It is solemn. It is holy unto the Lord. And then the Abrahamic covenant is another covenant. And this is a covenant that was specifically instituted with the shedding of blood. Would you say shedding of blood? And so it's actually so interesting to see how God the Father cut covenant with Abraham so many years ago. And so basically God instructed Abraham to bring three animals to him. The first was a heifer. What is a heifer? It's a cow. Then also a female goat. And a ram. By the way, you can turn so long to Genesis 15, verse 17 to 18. We'll look at it in a moment's time. So, here, Abraham brings these three animals basically, a cow, a female goat, a ram, and all of them had to be three years old. And also, a turtle dove and a young pigeon were brought. And then what happened is Abraham cut these animals, not the birds, but he cut the animals uh, down the middle in two pieces and then he put them apart from each other with like a little passage in between. And the cow and the the goat and the ram, uh, put them in like uh, apart from each other with a little passage in between. And then what happened is later in the day Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and just after that, suddenly, there was a blazing fire from God that came and passed through the middle of those sacrifices, and right there, God cut covenant with Abraham. Right there, the covenant was established, and it was sealed, in this case, with the blood of animals. This was a blood covenant that God had cut with Abraham. And you say, okay, that's how the covenant was instituted, but what was the Abrahamic covenant all about? In the Abrahamic covenant, God declared many things. He declared that he would make Abraham's name great. It declared that he would have countless descendants, more than the sand in the seashore, of the seashore. God also declared in this covenant that Abraham would be hugely blessed. He was a massively blessed man. God declared that he would be the father of many nations. God also declared in this Abrahamic covenant that Abraham would receive and inherit all of the land of Canaan. Vast, vast, vast land. And God lastly declared that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through Abraham. Ultimately speaking to the seed of the Messiah and Jesus coming and the nations of the world, every person being blessed. And so it's interesting, isn't it, to look at these covenants and to see something about these covenants And it is clear all through Scripture that covenants are important to God. I want to tell you the establishing of a covenant is no joke. It is a solemn matter, and we should appreciate the significance of covenant. Can I get an amen? Come on, online, type in amen in the comment section. Thank you. So that's the first one, understanding and appreciating covenant. Secondly, the greatest covenant of all. And I want to tell you loud and clear that the new covenant, child of God, is the greatest covenant of all. Why? Because it is ratified and it is sealed with the blood of Jesus. Not the blood of bulls and goats and animals and so on. It is the ultimate covenant. It is the greatest covenant of all and is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus gave up his life for us, his blood on the cross was literally poured out for you and I. Do you see the priority that Jesus places on this covenant? And when his blood was literally poured out, it was in that moment that the new covenant came into effect when the blood of the Lamb of God was shed you know what? You and I were sealed into the new covenant by his blood. And that is why it is so important that we would continue to keep our faith placed firmly in the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, should you have faith in the blood of Jesus? Undoubtedly, yes. Faith in the blood of Jesus and in what it accomplishes. And so I wanna to say to you that the blood of will never lose its power, hallelujah. So keep your faith in the blood of Jesus. Now, um, turn with me, would you, to uh, Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31, and this is where the New Covenant was prophesied. And so if you Google uh, New Covenant in the Bible, Immediately, it will direct you to this as one of the primary scriptures. And so here it is in Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 34. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Say those two words, new covenant. Come on, say it a bit louder. New covenant. Here it is. The ultimate covenant prophesied. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. And now we begin to see some of the details of that covenant it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Do you see the work that God does? It says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and everyone his brother saying, know the Lord for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity. What an awesome promise, promise of the covenant. I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Can we just in our hearts say, thank you, Lord, for the new covenant. Thank you, Lord, for what you prophesied and what has been fulfilled. And so it's in simple terms, The new covenant was basically a promise that God made that he would choose a people and that he would bless a people and that he would be in relationship with people. And so the moment that you and I respond to that covenant offer in faith, that is when we enter into this new covenant. That's why faith in God, faith in the cross, faith in the blood of Jesus is so important. And so, you know, there are obviously two parties in this covenant. There is God and there is us. But in verse 33 of what we've just read, it says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So this indicates that basically God was saying, I will unreservedly, Give myself to my people. And then in response, we reciprocate and we give ourselves to God and we belong to Him. And I wanna say to you, child of God, know this for sure today, that the new covenant is a sure thing. How can I be so certain? Because it is sealed and ratified by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus confirmed this at the Last Supper with his disciples, what happened? Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. And that's Luke 22 verse 20. And by the way, just now we're gonna partake in communion and we're gonna partake in the cup of the covenant ratified by the blood of Jesus. And you know what? that any covenant that is made by God will never be broken. Come on, somebody can get excited for, the, for God for a moment. Any covenant that is established by God, it will never be broken because God is a covenant-keeping God. That's who He is. He is a covenant-keeping God. And so I wanna emphasize this to you today, child of God, that we, you, and I, we are partakers in this covenant because we have placed our faith in Jesus, in the Lamb, in the blood of the Lamb. We are partakers. Aren't we blessed to be partakers? Hallelujah. But I also want to say to you, you, might be listening to me today, that if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to urge you, you must do so. You need to place your faith in the blood of Jesus that was poured out at Calvary over 2,000 years ago because that is the blood that brings you into this new covenant. And when we speak about this new covenant so glorious, I'm thinking, why would somebody not wanna be a part of the new covenant? But praise God that we can be part of it. Point number three, some of the benefits of our covenant relationship. Now, in terms of the benefits, I wanna say this, that uh, as partakers in the new covenant, that we are blessed, children of God, with so many benefits that God has given us, and I'm just gonna mention a few of these benefits, but as I mention them, please appreciate how beautiful they are. One of the benefits of the covenant is that we are forgiven of all of our sins. Even though you've done the most atrocious things in life, even though you may have murdered somebody, we are forgiven of all of our sins. The greatest problem of mankind is the sin problem, which separates us from God. And one of the benefits is we're forgiven. Another benefit is we receive a new heart. We receive a new nature. Ezekiel prophesied about the old covenant, the new covenant, and he said that I will take out, God speaking, uh, that I will take out that heart of stone, the stone representing the old covenant because it was written on stone. I will take out the heart of stone and I will put in the heart of flesh and I will cause you to walk in my ways. So one of the covenant benefits is that we get a heart of flesh. We get a new heart, we get a new nature. Also, another benefit of the new covenant is that we receive the gift of salvation, which translates us out of all these negative things into the wonderful saved life, the glorious life where we are free. Another benefit of the covenant is, do you know this, that the desire to please God is instilled within us because we couldn't please God just in our own power and capacity. But it is clear from scripture that God then puts a desire in us to will and to do according to his purpose, to please God. Another benefit of the covenant is that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. This means that we don't walk around condemned, feeling guilty, saying that I'm a miserable old sinner, no. We walk around with a sense of being robed in righteousness, knowing that we are clean in Jesus Christ. And therefore, when the enemy comes and attacks us and tries to put condemnation, we just say, get behind me, Satan, I have a benefit in the covenant relationship, and this is the righteousness of God in Christ. Another benefit is that we enjoy, listen to this, close and personal relationship with God. And Jeremiah prophesied this. He said, they shall all know me. You know what? Many times in the Old Testament, I can imagine that they looked at Moses going up the mountain or into the tent of meeting and they thought, wow, it must be so amazing to come into the presence of God. Maybe they looked at the high priest on the day of atonement and he was gonna go right into the presence of God. And they, they thought as the Israelites standing around watching, they thought, Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful if only I could go into the presence of God, and now we can because it's a benefit of the covenant that the veil has been taken away, and you and I, we just begin to pray, and we just come right into the presence of God. We just become aware, and we just enjoy the presence of God, and we have a personal relationship and a close relationship with Jesus. Just two more benefits of the covenant is that we become partakers of the blessings of Abraham. I don't know about you, but I think that is exciting. When you see how blessed Abraham was and how God said all your seed will be blessed and blessings will come to the world through you. I wanna tell you, I want those blessings that were prophesied and promised to Abraham and now we are also the seed of Abraham we inherit that same, those same promised blessings which were fully fulfilled in the new covenant. So do you realize the blessings prophesied to Abraham, those are ours. And also one more benefit of the covenant is that we are privileged to live with the Lord our God. Listen to this, throughout all eternity, world without end. And so these are just a few things of the benefits that we have in the covenant. And so you know what this makes me think? It makes me think. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. We're the most blessed people. Come on, say on the, on the comments, uh, on social media, say, I am blessed in Jesus. Praise God, I am blessed in Jesus. And there's a scripture to confirm how blessed we are on the face of the earth. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says the following. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then it says, his own special people. Are we special? Yes, yes we are. Are we special? Yes. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We're his own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights and light. And I wanna say that part of the responsibility of you and I is that because of all these blessings in the covenant, because of all that he has done, because we are a special people, we cannot keep quiet. We have to talk about his marvelous light. We have to talk about what Jesus has done in our lives. We do not have a right to remain silent, amen? On to point number four. But just to recap the first three. Number one, understanding and appreciating covenant. Number two, the greatest covenant of all is the new covenant. Number three, some of the benefits of our covenant relationship, and I listed a bunch of them. Uh, That's number three. Now, number four, the last point that I'm sharing with you today. The incredible security we enjoy In covenant with God, would you say the word security? Say it a bit louder. These 50 people in the house today are very quiet. Louder, 50. Okay, thank you. The incredible security that we enjoy in covenant with God, do you know that there is a deep need within every human heart to have certainty and security? It's one of our fundamental needs. And when it is not present, it is most unsettling. I think of the uncertainty that the coronavirus has brought to our world, and it's like everything has changed. Hardly anything seems to be the same. Physical contact has changed, businesses have been affected, jobs have been affected. Lives have been affected. Travel has been affected. And I thought of this, fun has been affected. (laughs) Quite literally, there's a lot less fun. Church has been affected. Socializing has been affected. And we can easily feel insecure because of all of this. I think also of the shock and uncertainty that we recently experienced with the looting and unrest and violence that took place. And there we were watching on our TV screens in shock and disbelief and even horror. And there you have the news reporters and they're standing and reporting and there's just pillaging, raiding of shopping centers taking place and you think, how can this be possible? And then as for the guys that couldn't fit the TVs into their cars. <laughs> I'm not saying it's okay to steal a TV. But I'm thinking this is crazy. They can't get the TVs in the cars and so on. But appliances are being stolen and nappies and liquor and food. And and, uh, all, and you just see this and it's just going on. It's going on. The law enforcement is nowhere to be seen. It was shocking to say the least. And also I think of the burning of the malls that took place. I think of the the depots that were burnt down, massive depots. I think of the trucks that were burned. And you know what? It is wrong. And I want to say clearly that that was criminal looting. Be careful that you don't call what is evil good, Because God doesn't change his principles. And I want to tell you, many people were most unsettled by that. Just to say that Jason and I, uh, we travelled back on uh, the 11th of July. We travelled back from East London to Pretoria. Uh, I had to come up to take a funeral of a close friend over that time, and uh, much to our surprise, that uh, at close to the Johannesburg side or the Funderbale Park area, we suddenly encountered a violent protest in us, uh, in front of us. And right before us on the main N1 highway, one of the most important routes in our nation, next thing, there's a whole bunch of protesters in front of us, rocks on the road, and we slam on anchors, and we're about 150 meters with the first car right in front. And you look at this, and suddenly you get a fright. You get a shock. And a whole bunch of people there and rocks, the other side of the highway had been completely blocked off. That was the bigger protest, and now they had just come onto this side of the highway. And then one or two of the guys, the protesters, they' saying to us, "Now we've slowed down, we stopped on the highway. We're looking. We're deciding what to do." One or two of the protesters are saying, "Come, come,!" <laughs> I'm thinking, "Come, and you'll be in serious trouble." Anyhow, we turned around and uh, we had to take another route and so on, but it was still unsettling. And these things that have been happening in the nation are very unsettling. But you know what? I want to say to you loud and clear, child of God, do you realize that despite all of those things, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And despite all of that tremendous uh, challenges going on in the nation, we have incredible security in our covenant with God. Come on. (laughs) We have incredible security in our covenant with God, and this is the promise I have for you today. It is Isaiah 54 verse 10, it says, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, and especially this, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you i don't know about you but i think that that was one of the most beautiful promises that children of god can hold into hold on to right now and sometimes yeah we see crazy things in the world and it's like mountains crumbling and trembling and being shaken but we are secure in the love of god and i just love the fact that god says i have a covenant of peace with you Can somebody give thanks to God for the covenant of peace? It's not just that he's saying peace, but he's saying that this is a covenant of peace. And God is saying to you, child of God, that that covenant of peace will not be removed from you. And that is so wonderful. And that we can know that we are completely safe in God's hands and Jesus said in John 10, 28, he says, neither shall anyone be able to snatch them out of my hand. And I wanna tell you, if you felt insecure lately, don't anymore because no one will be able to snatch you out of the hand of the master of all, out of Father's hand. If you ever wanted reassurance, there it is. You cannot be snatched out of his hand. And one more, last reassurance, is Hebrews 13, verse five. And it says, from the Amplified Bible, the classic edition, it says, for God himself has said, let the Holy Spirit minister this to you, I will not in any way fail you, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not, says the Lord. And I wanna tell you, if the word of God cannot bring life and strength, then nothing can. And so I trust that you have been encouraged. How many of you have been encouraged? Say, I've been blessed by this message online. Type in something like that. And, um, and so I wanna say that, We are so blessed to be completely secure in the covenant with God. And this is the promise that I do not want you to forget. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed from you, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Amen. And now, against that backdrop of covenant, it is time to partake in communion. I trust that you have the elements ready to partake in communion, the bread and the cup. And if you love Jesus Christ, you've dedicated your life to him. If you have placed your faith in the blood of Jesus, then this time of communion is for you. And then after communion, we'll continue to worship the Lord. For those on Faith TV, it will continue on our online platforms. Why not go to chooselifechurch.com and carry on with us. But allow me to read this. It says, Matthew 26, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, Each one of you drink from it. Here we go. For this is my blood, child of God, the blood of the covenant. For this is my blood, sealing the new covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Let us lift up the bread before the Lord. Father, we lift up the bread before you. Lord Jesus, we realize that this bread represents the body of the spotless Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice, and we break this right now in Jesus' name, remembering your broken body. Thank you that we can partake in communion, the body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Heavenly Father, we lift up the cup before you. We thank you that this cup represents the blood of Jesus, which seals the new covenant. And we thank you for every covenant blessing which is ours. And we partake with joy the blood of the Lord shed for you. Now, would you just allow gratefulness to rise up within you? We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. We thank you that we are secure in covenant relationship with you. In Jesus' name, and we say amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.